0: Let's go in-depth on Iowa State with the Des Moines Register. It's time time for Cyclone Cyclone Insider on 1460 KXNO. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. He's Randy Peterson. I'm Travis Hines. Coming to you from our new football time slot on Mondays at 6 o'clock. Randy got us started last week. Uh, We're continuing this week. We'll be doing Mondays at 6 through through at least the football season. We'll uh, we'll reassess here in a couple months about maybe going back to Tuesdays. But for now, be sure to check us out on Monday evenings here on KXNO or anytime on uh, whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you subscribe, all the shows go directly there uh, shortly after the shows air on KXNO. With the housekeeping out of the way, Randy – Iowa State is 2-0 with a 10-7 victory over Iowa on their resume. First win over the Hawkeyes since 2014. We talked extensively about the game Saturday night, which you can find on those podcast apps, everybody. So I think it's worth looking ahead now, and maybe not necessarily to Ohio, Iowa State's opponent on Saturday. But what do you feel like this Cy Hawk victory for Iowa State either changes or has the potential to change the trajectory or path of this season for Iowa State in 2022?
1: I don't think it has the potential to drastically change the path. Um, Maybe from a fan standpoint, yes. But from a player standpoint, I think Hunter Deckers came into this season pretty pretty confident that he could do the job. And we certainly know that Matt Campbell was confident because as we've said many times, he didn't go to the transfer portal. Jirel Brock was pretty confident coming into this season. He started last year for Brees in the, in the cheese it bowl. He, he, he played a lot. He's, he's played a lot. So he came into this season confident. Um, So Iowa States players, I think were already pretty confident coming into this season. But yet you you kind of need to see some proof, some evidence that, yeah, this is this isn't just false um, false hope that this is real. And I think the Iowa game gave it to them now. I've, I've interacted with so many fans today on 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 the the, the registers text group. Um, and, and uh, most of them are right. They're not getting all giddy because of they beat Iowa. Um, this isn't this isn't this is an Iowa team with with flaws. and it's an Iowa team with a lot of offensive flaws. So,, um, yes, it was it was a resume building win, and it certainly does does more for Iowa State going forward with a win than a loss. But I want to see what happens in two weeks against, against Baylor. And yeah, I'm looking ahead to that game, but I can I don't have to play. Um, but I think that Iowa state will beat Ohio fairly convincingly on, on Saturday. So we'll see, we'll see what that, what the Iowa victory does, but, but it's certainly, it certainly didn't hurt. Um, um and, and the fact that that Iowa State moved the ball against a defense that that I think is going to be pretty good. Yeah, their confidence factor is there. Um, but let's wait to make the the final decision, um, or let's not wait. Let's let's wait to go forward with making this this decision until the Baylor game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking about it since uh, the game on Saturday, and I've kind of. My feeling is someone who, when picking the season for Iowa State, picked them to lose this game and still win right. seven games. To me, I feel like it does kind of change the possibilities for Iowa State. Because I do think once you get into that seven, eight, nine range for wins, each win incrementally means a lot. I feel like eight is pretty significant over seven, and nine is pretty significant over eight. And then, you know, Dare to Dream, 10 is certainly significant over nine. So I think it is important from that aspect, but I, what I've been kind of thinking about is that it reminds me a little bit of how I felt about the Iowa state men's basketball team last year in that, you know, when talking to people about that team going into the NCAA tournament or excuse me, going into the, the stretch run of the end of the season there, you know, to me, it was all about, they had put themselves in a position to play games, to have a chance, to either make the tournament. And then once they made the tournament, they put themselves in a position, despite all their flaws, despite all the 40-point games throughout the year, to have something special happen to them and create something special themselves. And that team went out and did it and went to the Sweet 16. And I look at this now potentially, again, we're only in week two, so I don't want to get carried away. But I look at with Iowa State winning this game, one that I did not think they would win, one that they were the underdog in, that they put themselves in position for it to matter a lot. They still have to go out and win games to make it matter retroactively. But by winning this game, they've given themselves a chance on the back end of the season, I think, to really make it count, you know, whether it's. You know, hell, maybe this has been a mirage for two weeks, and they're going to have to scrape and claw to get six wins or go to a bowl game. I, I don't think that'll be the case, but maybe it will be. And then on the other end, you know what? What if they have to scrape and claw to get eight wins or nine wins? Like again, those are ma- those matter, especially when you look at what Iowa State has done both in its recent past and in its long history. Eight and nine wins is much rarer than six and seven wins so getting there matters especially in a year where you didn't have a lot of expectations so to me that's why this game is so significant beyond it just being their first win in the series since 2014 campbell's first win in the series ever that it just sets them up for it to matter even more in 2 and 3 months time
1: yeah no that that's a that's a good point um and 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 getting back to the confidence thing a little bit I'd be neglect if I didn't mention the offensive line. Um, that unit, and granted, it's against Iowa and it's against Southeast Missouri. But I still think Iowa's defense is pretty good. Um, Trevor Downing said at the Big 12 media days in July in Dallas that he said, keep an eye on this offensive line. He says it's going to be the best line that that he's been involved with. And I, and I said to Trev, uh, i I said to him, and it was just him and I talking. I said to Trevor I said, Trevor, that bar's not real high. um, and he kind of laughed and he and he did agree with me, but he said he said he liked um what how the line ended up last season. He liked how the depth the the number of players. Guys that played in the line that are coming back this year, and this was obviously before Rimsberg got hurt. Um, he just said, "Just keep an eye on it." He said, "This offensive line has something to prove," and and you and I have talked about this both on on the podcast and and among ourselves between ourselves that that it's about it's high time this offensive line steps up and, and does something. So so the so playing well yesterday. I mean, I would say dominated the stats. Um, And sometimes that's 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 not indicative of a win or a loss. But my God, the way Iowa State dominated every stat or almost every stat um, against Iowa. Yeah, I think I think the the offense is now if there was any questions among the players about whether the offensive line was going to be any good or not, they went
0: a long ways towards answering that question on Saturday. You're listening to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KX. now we're talking Iowa State's CyHawk victory from Saturday and looking to what it might mean going forward for Matt Campbell Cyclones. Uh, we will in a little bit talk a little bit about Matt Campbell and the job opening now to the West in Lincoln, Nebraska. But before we do that, Randy, I wanted to talk a little bit more you know, I think we'd be remiss for at least not talking a little bit about Ohio. They got absolutely smacked by Penn State yeah, on Saturday. Baylor was in an absolute dogfight with BYU. I think that game, I, I it's just, if we're looking past this Ohio game, I wonder how Iowa State will be in terms of an emotional letdown from Iowa and then a really big game against Baylor in a uh, series or matchup, I guess I should say, between two programs that have kind of a little bit of a chip on their shoulder against each other, I think. And have played really competitive football games the last three, four, five years. So I do think there is a, gotta be a concern about looking past Ohio if you're Campbell, but you have to probably be uh, like looking with a telescope at Baylor to, for it to matter enough to where you're losing to the Bobcats on Saturday.
1: Yeah, Baylor had a Baylor had a tough one. I mean, what, what was that double overtime, something like that? I saw the the end of it, mm-hmm. um, or some of the. I saw I, I saw the overtimes. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, Baylor's Let's face it. I mean, look, go back and look at the the preseason coaches' picks. And granted, they're about worth as much as as a as a as a football depth chart, but but nonetheless. Coaches picked Baylor to win the conference. Um so that that's some that shows me something there about the respect that Baylor has among 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 the coaches. So I I, I don't and I don't know who Baylor plays next week. I didn't look at it. Texas State. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. So <laughs> te- <laughs> they're in the same position. Okay, as I so was. Baylor's gonna Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, so um Iowa State and the fact that, that it's the Baylor game is a home game. If Iowa State beats beats uh, Ohio on on Saturday, like we're all expecting that to happen, the momentum for that game is going to be be um, very significant. And if if, it should, if should Iowa State beat that game and then dude, then they go to Kansas. And I told you Kansas was a football school, um, but uh, so you know that's no pushover anymore. But yeah, getting back to to the previous question, the confidence in beating Iowa in Iowa City in front of that hostile crowd, and you don't know tell me that crowd wasn't hostile. They were. That that crowd was is it was vicious. They were screaming. They were chanting for the backup quarterback even before even before the game. They were booing Petris as 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 the um, um, lineups were being announced on the video board. And yeah, you and I could not hear. it that but but i had uh my son my son-in-law one of my son-in-laws was at the game and and he was texting me about that and it was
0: he was shocked so yeah, i mean i always got for i was safe to win it what i always got real problems like i don't know yeah. like not only is that just like a toxic situation with their offense and their quarterback right now but like what is kirk going to do about his offensive coordinator this off season, because man, well,
1: if the off season, yeah. if he makes
0: it that far, which it's, I presume he will. It's rough out there for them.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that shows the kind of how vicious the crowd is, and and, and there, and Iowa State had to play in that. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think, I think Iowa State's got a great shot, not only to be three and zero, but a great shot to be four. know yeah, there I said it. Um, going down to Kansas, and like I said, Kansas is two and zero, dude. I didn't. Think that would happen, but
0: it is. It has. Well, and now with that 2 0 start, their coach Lance Leopold, on top of what he did as an assistant, what he did as his first head coaching job at Buffalo, is a guy that's getting mentioned for that Nebraska job that just came open with Scott Frost firing on Sunday after the uh, Huskers' second loss already of the season, this one coming. To Georgia Southern. And there's somebody else who's been mentioned as a possible successor to Scott Frost in Nebraska. And we will discuss that and Matt Campbell's uh, internet candidacy at Nebraska when we return ah. on the Cyclone <laughs> Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNL. Everything you need to know about Iowa State, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register on 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 KXNO. Randy Peterson and Travis Hines here talking all things Iowa State football as the 2-0 Cyclones look to face off at home again against Ohio at Jack Trice Stadium on Saturday fresh off their 10-7 victory over the in-state Hawkeyes over the weekend. Uh, but now, Randy, we're going to even not even talk about football because Nebraska fired its coach and I think justifiably fired Scott Frost. The Scott Frost era at Nebraska just never was able to find footing. You know, redid his contract this last offseason – to lower the buyout, which would have gone down even more in three weeks, but he couldn't even get to October 1 to, to save his alma mater some money. Instead, new Nebraska AD, and I believe Cedar Falls native,
1: yes. Trev Albert.
0: Uh, grew person. up I grew up best friends with Chris Kleiman, just saying. There you go. <laughs> and now Nebraska, obviously in search of a new head coach, jumps to the front of the line in terms of being able to do their recon And given that it is a high-profile Midwestern job, Matt Campbell's name has immediately been attached as a potential candidate. No actual reporting that I've seen uh, linking him officially with the job, which you wouldn't expect, you know, six, eight hours after Frost firing. If If you're in the business of putting candidate lists together, either at a university level or a media level, and you don't put Matt Campbell's name next to the Nebraska job, you're not doing your job, number one. So anybody getting mad about that, uh, just stop. It's just the way of the world, okay? Iowa State's had a lot of success under Campbell. Nebraska is a high-profile job that pays a lot of money. He's going to get mentioned. But I do think in terms of connecting dots, at least from what we've seen in the past, Randy, and I'll get your thoughts here, I'm not – my interest meter is nowhere near what it was – when that notre dame job came open last year or even when we started hearing stuff about usc in the uh, the last week of the regular season this to me is at least on its surface and we'll see what happens over the next weeks and months does not necessarily seem to be the type of fit that would take matt campbell out of ames iowa your thoughts
1: excuse me you're absolutely right and and Matt Campbell's let's go back last year to Notre Dame. Notre Dame needed to make a splash. They needed to make a huge splash going, given everything that had happened around them. Yeah. To, to people from around here, Matt Campbell is a splash, but when you're, when you're talking um, um, Lincoln Riley type splash, when you're talking Brian Kelly type splash, when you're talking Notre Dame for guys' sakes, Matt Kelly or Matt Kelly, Matt Campbell coming off seven and six isn't a big deal to them. Is not a huge deal to Notre Dame. That's no offense to anybody around here. Nebraska now. Fast forward to now. Nebraska. I, I I know Trev Alberts needs to make a splash a national type splash. And I'm not certain you're, I agree with, I agree with you, Trev. Matt Campbell is not that, that splash. He is right here. Yes. Yes. We think he's, he's pretty darn good. And yes, Iowa state fans are fortunate to have him, but he's not a national big time splash in my, in my estimation, um, And that's what that's what's I mean, it's going to have to be uh, a Lincoln or a Lincoln Riley. Um, um, uh, uh, Let's let's say somebody in the NFL gets fired, somebody with college experience. Let's say Matt Rule gets fired. I would think Matt Rule would jump to the top of the list. Urban Meyer. I think Urban Meyer is probably there despite his warts. Um, Sure. like, Like you said. If in fact that this offic- an official list ever does become public, yeah, Matt Campbell's name I would assume would be on it, or an athletic director would not be doing his job. But yeah. it's this is that 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 crazy period that's starting early right now, where where people get like to see themselves, their stuff retweeted things like that on the internet and saying a friend of mine told me this, or I've got sources, or I'm hearing that. I caution fans to be careful with that because go back to the realignment. How many of those people on the internet that were making boasts like they knew what was going on? How many of them were wrong? How many of them changed their tune three times a week? So I'm with you. I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into Matt Campbell to, to to Nebraska.
0: I come at it from a different angle to reach, I think, a similar conclusion with a caveat. I've always got to have a caveat. When we've seen Campbell draw interest in the past, and I'm thinking of two schools specifically here, that I think as far as we know, he mostly dismissed out of hand, despite some, I think, serious interest, Tennessee and Florida State. Mm-hmm. Both of those are places that are pretty high profile jobs that have had a lot of success in the past, have demanding fan bases, and a lot of money. And those were two places that Matt Campbell, as far as we know, did not a lot spend a lot of time contemplating jumping from Iowa State to there. When you look at Nebraska, I think they follow a similar blueprint to those two schools. They've had a lot of historical success. They have as much money as God, and they have a very demanding fan base. And they've also, the same as those two schools, have kind of sputtered, not kind of, have sputtered in recent years. And so if you're going to let the past be your guide, the fact that Campbell was not interested in Tennessee, was not interested in Florida State, as far as we know. That's accurate. That's, that's 100% accurate. To what me, said, yeah. that's how I look at Nebraska. If those two weren't a fit, why would Nebraska be? But I could also talk myself into, well, Tennessee and Florida State are obviously not in the Midwest. I can say the timing is different. You just had what should have been Campbell's crowning season last year with all those guys. The roster's flipped over. Do you look at that? And even if you're going to have success this year, do you look at it and say, do I want to be at Iowa State? Do I want to be at any job for 10, 15, 20 years? And if the answer is no, which – Again, I'm not speaking for Matt Campbell. I'm saying for most college football coaches, the answer is you don't end up, whether your own choice or somebody else's, you don't end up at a place for 10, 15, 20 years. So if you accept that or you think that, and now you're in what, year seven, does that change your perspective on other jobs? Also, Nebraska is going to be able to throw out a ridiculous amount of money, like I, if they really want to get something done, when you look at the TV deal, the billion dollar a year TV deal the Big Ten just signed, like they can go absolutely silly with the money they can throw at a coach right now. Like with the desperate desire for that fan base and that program to win, if they whoever they think is their guy, money is not going to be the thing that holds them up. They are going, like my prediction is, is, like, if they get a guy that they really want, they are going to like throw stupid money at people because when you project out to when that coach is getting that money, they're going to be getting that insane Fox money, billion dollar a year money. So like, maybe that's enough. I tend to lean on the past being prologue and that Campbell's interest in, or lack thereof in some of these other jobs, would translate to a lack of genuine deep interest into this job. But I also wouldn't dismiss it out of hand as a possibility because times change, people change, situations change, and oodles and oodles and oodles of money can be pretty tempting. But that said, I still, like when you weigh all those variables, I weigh the, his history and, actions that he's already, that we've seen from him now for seven years as the, as more important than those other unknown factors that we just don't know and can't predict.
1: Yes to that. Yes to that. Absolutely. Campbell told us a cute story at the end of his press conference last night. The one about where he coached him. He coached Izzy's, or he coached his daughter's sixth grade softball team which initially I thought, oh my God, here we go. this is really corny. but then but then it, it became kind of cool um, um in a corny way. it was you're corny. a
0: grandpa and a sucker for Don't shake face. your head at me.
1: <laughs> I got a 13 I got a 13 year old granddaughter. I know what I know that's cool. Um, but uh um, and the players the players liked it too. But anyway, I don't dude, I don't see Campbell being able to coach his kids growing up in, in, um, in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And that's important to him. That is 100% important to him. I mean, if you go, if he's coaching his kids at a, if he's coaching Izzy at a softball game, his daughter at a softball game, I mean, the chances are, if he didn't win 10 games in his first season, chances are he's going to have hecklers at the damn softball game. So so it's a, it's a total different world in, in, in that situation. So um, I'm not saying Matt Campbell's going to be at Iowa State forever. I agree with you. I don't think Nebraska is the place for Matt Campbell to go next.
0: You're listening to the Cyclone Insider Radio Hour from the Des Moines Register here on 106.3 FM and 1460 CAG. So that's all we've got for this week. But if you miss any of the show, be sure to check it out. Wherever it is you get your podcasts, And you can catch us next week at 6 o'clock Monday evening right here on KXNO. For Randy Peterson, I'm Travis Hines. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.